Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my mousy scientific aide and sexual voyeur, Crawford Tillinghast. Sorry, no, my name's Alex Dandino. <laughs> You're no Crawford. Oh, it's my it's my favorite name of all time, by the way. Yeah. People want a Crawford in the streets and a Pretorius in the sheets. <laughs> That's the lesson of this movie. <laughs> yes. So, guys, this is our uh, first body horror film. Uh, the theme this month, the pods revolting body. Uh, we're looking at body horror gems that we love. There's still a chance for you guys. Get a hold of us. Let us know which one you want to uh, add. Hellraiser is already the front runner. Let's see what else you guys got. Don't hit us with the obvious every time. Give us a gem, one that we might have missed. A deep cut, um, please. There you go. So first up in body horror, From Beyond. This is an HP Lovecraft by way of Stuart Gordon joint. Um, Alex, what is your initial takeaway on From Beyond? Well... Stuart Gordon is the auteur that brought us Reanimator, which is bar none one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, uh, From Beyond is sort of this. It's it feels like Clive Barker made it actually. Like there's a lot of this Clive Barkerness going on in the movie, but it's just too kind of corny to not be Stuart Gordon. Uh, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like I really enjoyed this movie. Like I think everyone. I don't think many people have seen this and people need to see this movie because it's so outstandingly entertaining and science fiction-y along with this great horror that goes on too. And the body horror in it is fucking, fucking outstanding. Like some of the stuff that happens in this movie is just absolutely hilariously grotesque. It's great. Yeah, I, uh, I've loved this movie for a really long time. Um, Stuart Gordon movies always kind of play similar. They're, they're kind of sideways with Clive Barker, right? To me, he's between Clive Barker and Sam Raimi. That's yeah. how I kind of think of him, right? He oh, kind of has the quirkiness it, of yeah. a Raimi. Sure. But, you know, it's kind of that. It's it's more in the wheelhouse of a Clive Barker tone as far as, like, grotesqueries and whatnot. Right, right. Um, but I've always thought from beyond, it's just, it's it's a really fascinating in uh, fun problem they set up right which is there is this other world always surrounding us in, in the the thought of we're never enough you're never ever enough there's always some weakness and emptiness or hole somewhere in our soul that we're constantly searching for a way to fill no matter who it is right. and every character really goes through this struggle side by side in a different way um and yeah like you said the effect work is just so fucking fun the actors while they kind of are doing this insane melodrama at times, but it's just so fucking fun. And they're all committed to it in such a way that it never it's never a detraction. It's actually something that I like. It kind of plays as this this big uh, science fiction horror soap opera at moments. Oh, yeah. No, it's a fucking and I, I just eat man. it up, man. Yeah, this movie is just this movie is chock full of just great little I think it was was it 1986 when this movie came out like this movie's just chock full of these great little beats and great little set pieces that continuously get more and more entertaining and more and more fun as the story goes on like they get bigger and grander and that's the thing i love the most about the movie is just how much the annie gets upped every single time they uh turn on the um 
what's that thing called? The uh, the resonator. The resonator. Thank you. We keep wanting to call it just reactor. I'm like, that's not right. Every time they turn yeah. on the resonator, <laughs> things get worse and worse, and I absolutely adore it. Like, I'm just waiting for the next thing every single time. It's pretty cool. Well, to me, this is one of the all-time great opening scenes in a movie. <laughs> so we start off, right, and uh, Stuart Gordon – or not Stuart Gordon. What's his name? Uh, fucking Crawford, said, Crawford, T- Crawford Tillinghast. Tillinghast. Right? The great Jeffrey Combs, right? The best mad scientist ever on film. So Crawford is up there fucking around. He turns on the resignator, and he's like, it's working. And all of a sudden, we see these little sperm, right? <laughs> these little pink sperm flying around. And all this, what goes into this kind of like, oh, cool, this magical beauty, you know, <laughs> blue planet kind of moment. All of a sudden, ah, latches onto his cheek, right? So he gets yeah. this from beyond facial, turns the machine <laughs> off and runs downstairs, right? Bangs on the door and we get just this sleazy fucking sex robe doctor who's just <laughs> covered in body hair, like clearly was in the middle of pounding. Yeah, for He's sure. Like, God damn it. This better be worth it. He runs upstairs, checks the resonator. And he is just fully, you he's know, fully torched, full, fully erect. He's yeah, he is fully in on this. And uh, <laughs> so, but there's this great line, right? And it just sums up the whole movie. It's I want to see more, more than any man has seen before, right? And he's he's so in as it's you can tell it's kind of hurting them. And then Crawford, it's running itself. It's this experiment gone awry, right? Well, next thing you know, we cut to outside <laughs> where we hear. Some gunfire, it sounds like. And we cut, we cut to the neighbor's house. This big lady in her, her curlers and her hairnet. And she's like calling the cops, of course. She's that fucking neighbor again, right? Which, by Instead the way, the house business, is out in the, the middle of nowhere. How close are the neighbors where they're like, hey, turn those lights off. Like, that's amazing. Right. But, yeah, so not only that, call the cops, right? But then her dog escapes. So she ends up entering the home after her dog. Right. Right. And one of the favorite things I love about this is Je- Jeffrey Combs comes running out carrying an axe and just fucking bolts past this lady. <laughs> so whatever he's scared of, he's like, I will outrun you and you will be the next victim. Fuck you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this something's coming. Oh, yeah. I, loved I, how I they just am- love I- that he just leaves her to her death. I love how the cops immediately making a murderer, uh, Crawford, like he's running out of the house, like, nope, arrest him. He's crazy. Whatever his problem is, arrest him. Who gives a shit? Like they cuff him immediately. He, he like, looks like he's guilty. Yeah, to be fair. Sure. Well, and oh, they no, see yeah. him run out ahead of fucking Marge or whatever. And they're like, he left that woman to die. <laughs> I, uh, there's a, there's something that happens at the very beginning of this movie though, that I've noticed across a broad spectrum of like science fiction, horror movies is especially in the eighties. I feel like directors were like, oh, God, we got to give these guys something to do other than just, like, typing away at a computer. You know what? Put a pencil in your mouth and let's see what happens. Like, every single <laughs> chewing movie. Chewing on a pencil? Yeah. Like, every <laughs> single movie. Like, it happens in The Fly and a couple other movies I've watched now where just, like, there's a scientist at the computer gnawing on a pencil. Like, every single time. Like, I feel like it's just, like, busy work. Like, it's the thing they did for actors in the 40s. Like, uh, have them smoke or something like that. Like, <laughs> Like I, I was a big started. pencil chewer, though. I will admit. Yeah, but see, that's what well, I've I'm never saying. had an unchewed pencil. Right, but it's a perfect. Maybe pon- I should have been a scientist. You should have been. It's a perfect pondering moment. You're like, <laughs> oh, I need to chew on this pencil to figure out the unlock the secrets to this new universe I've found. Sorry, right? Had to had to bring this up because it's one of my like favorite little tropes <laughs> that occurs in like '80s horror and science fiction movies: is scientists chewing on pencils. Like every time, I was expecting him to like bite it in half. 
Because that's always the thing that happens. It's how you know the tension's dropped. Is like, of course, that's what it is. The resonator. <laughs> they they want that little foley sound of when his mouth goes agape. You hear the pencil hit the floor. <laughs> yeah, like it's like, dear God, wonderful. But yeah, so they making a murderer but Crawford. It's, just, it's one of those. It's it. It's an opening scene that does so fucking much without really telling us any setup, right? Yeah. We just know that there's some kind of science gizmo that none of us understand. It makes these little monsters come. Uh, a sex offender goes in the attic and is dead. The neighbors know this has been a problem for a long time. And Jeffrey Combs is now in a psych ward. And I was like, it's just such a fucking high energy, fun way to start the movie, man. I paused it. Uh, it's two minutes and two minutes and ten seconds in. That's where the movie, like, that's 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 what happens in two minutes in the movie. <laughs> like, that's it, insane. I would have thought at least like six or seven. <laughs> but I got, I like, I think I got two ten is where the eels start like eating his face. But like, probably like four minutes into the movie is when like things are already cranked. You're like, wow, what kind of ride are we going on? Right. And then he gets taken. But, I mean, the that's side. the thing, right? Like, it, it's more fun to jump in full excitement and all that. And then they get to the psych ward. And this is where, you know, by nature of Jeffrey Combs being restrained and whatnot, this is where we get our chance to kind of lay out the rest of the movie. So the setup is that something ate Pretorius's head up in that lap. Right. They think, they think Crawford did it, but they have no way of proving anything. He has no blood. There's no, you know, weapon, anything like that. Right. They don't isn't... know what the fuck happened. And this is so in fact maybe not the, the worst example. Yes, in the worst example of policing of all time, right? We we meet a doctor, this this uh, swarmy doctor played by Barbara C- Crampton. I don't remember Crampton. her name. Yeah, so she's coming in, right? She's like the Wunderchild. Uh, <laughs> so she she's known for getting results, but the other you know old bitch ass doctors like, yeah, like oh, your methods are gross, like, whatever. You experiment on people and abuse them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She she finds out that this is all, you know, Crawford tells her, right? The whole experiment is a way to stimulate the pineal, right? It's this myth, mystical third eye, right? That's what they think this this gland has been for us. And that if heightened, there's a whole nother world of sensory experiences and input that we could partake in, right? Right. So she, through this, she sees that it's enlarged and she's like, this could be true. Uh, detective, if you want to know what happened to that guy who got murdered in the house... Let me go have a slumber party in the murder house with the suspect. <laughs> and the cop does the, you know, the classic old, God damn it, I'm getting too old for this fucking job. Fine, take him. He's <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah. I need answers. <laughs> I have to have that answer. <laughs> go to the fuck house. Who cares? And I, I just love, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, sure. You don't have to explain it to us. It yeah, doesn't yeah. have to make sense. <laughs> Wait, you want to go where? You know, you want to go to a scene of a crime, the scene of a murder with the person we all think mur- did the murder alone. Cool. Um, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Just go for it. I mean, the crazy guy who literally just said, it bit his head off like a gingerbread man. <laughs> that, oh, my yeah, you God. Should go, you should go have a sleepover with him. <laughs> oh, God. Some of the lines in this movie are just so fucking good, too. But yeah, so it's him, her, and then uh, Bubba, the police officer. Who's yeah, my favorite Foray. character? <laughs> my favorite character in the movie, for sure. Yeah, he has so many fucking funny moments, right? I I don't know. It's just it's a great cast of characters they have that all are coming from such different perspectives. I love the approach back to the house, though. There's this great fucking shot they do of them kind of bouncing down the driveway towards the house, right? And it's this slow push in on Crawford cut with a slow push in on the house 
it's fucking awesome, man. It's so brilliant. So they're all so the I I love the opening in the house though. So they get into the house, they're all hanging out, and then uh, immediately like Bubba starts cooking for everyone. Like I don't know what. <laughs> no, this you skipped the part because this is where it gets really good, right? So they do this great like setting up of you know the entering of Thunderdome, right? With right. The, yeah. the double push in shots. Right. Crawford enters the house, and you know they have this. They don't know who's doing what. I love that Bubba also shows up with his like weight bar. He's like. Well, I'm not going to be pumping iron while I'm here guarding people. <laughs> when they get inside, they get everything set up, right? And the first thing they show us in the house, the only thing we haven't seen, Pretorius is fuck Lair. Okay, yes. Okay, that is one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. And I, I wrote down, like, that fuck room knows what's up. Like, like oh, that means he's... Because they do that, and then they cut to him in an actual sex tape. Where yeah. he's kind of smacking this girl's tit and being a real creep. Into the mirror, too. He's like, so that means like, also it's like later on tape. So that means he's like probably fucking somebody while watching himself fuck another person. Like that's like chubby mansion level, like awesome shit. Like we're, he fucking wishes he was invited to chubby mansion. (laughs) I was going to say, he he deserves a shot, man. Pretorius deserves a shot. He, I mean, he could maybe be in if he was invited by another member, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) But this is we learn later that he can't even fuck. That's the crazy part because Tilly Crawford yeah. has this great line where he's like, "He bring them in all the time, these beautiful young women," and he has that. It's such a great line that it always ended in screaming. <laughs> it's just like a classic, awesome horror movie line because you're like, "What is happening in this fuck dungeon?" Right, right. But it's cool because it sets up right because there always is this tug and this you know tug and pull or whatever between Pretorius, the genius, versus him is this kind of fucking deviant right and what we learn is that pretorius on the outside seems like this man who has mastered so much right he's he's super smart he's always having crazy awesome sex dungeon sex we think yeah yeah and the world is never enough for him right the i want more becomes a very common theme throughout the movie for the characters in the end we find out though that pretorius was actually impotent that's why he was abusing the women Because of his own shame at his lack of fucking sexual prowess, right? That for all of his mental gifts and this and that, his dick didn't work. And so a lot of this torture and pain and agony is because of this this fucking gap in his own uh, self-esteem, man. And that is such a fucking cool uh, subtext to every character in this movie. The only one who seemingly doesn't have something they're struggling with is Bubba. Exactly. He's, he's like this kind of strangely the, un untemptable fucking rock of morality. In this yeah, movie. no, this is a guy unencumbered by any sort of uh, unencumbered by any sort of salacious uh, or any sort of deviant desires whatsoever. Like this guy cooks and then just lives his life. He makes these weird muffins or whatever the fuck that thing is after they find the fuck room. I was really confused as to what that food was supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. Like, whatever it was, I I wrote down, I'm like... Maybe it's because, yeah, you had just seen it right after, like, a disgusting, creepy sex encounter that it just... It's all wrong. It's all bad, and people should not have eaten. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down, I have literally no idea what Bubba cooked, but he's pleased as shit about it, and I am not. Like, it was weird. Like, it was a strange thing, whatever it was. But he, you know, he fed everyone. And again, this, goes, this speaks to Bubba's morality. He's, he's in this... He's trying to save he's trying to save these people from whatever's going on but he's also, you know, 
He's a homebody. He's trying to he's trying to feed people. He's a good person. Well, there's this there's this great thing where he never understands anything that's happening. No. But he's always trying to just kind of save the day, and then he's like, "All right, we got to get the fuck out of here." He's, he's the trying only to save person these who's doing the so right much thing, from man. themselves. <laughs> when that girl, when one of the greatest moments is when at the end Barbara Crampton's all fucking like S and M'd out. Oh yeah, right. She's like fully Pretorius now, right? Her perineal's been stim- stimulated too much. You can tell she's she's kind of a junkie at this point. She's all in on it. Oh, dude, and you, Bubba you does the great. The he monster. holds her up to the mirror, right? Because he he does the. You're asking for it. And you yeah. think you're like, oh, man, he's about to sling some D. And then all of a sudden he just points her to the mirror and he's like, look at this. Look at yourself. Who is that? Who are yeah. you? And she's just like, you know, he kind of says, like, who are you? And she's like, I don't know. Oh, dude. What a and great- it's this great moment of collapse, right? Like this character is totally like as her senses are overwhelmed, she's lost everything about her. But Bubba has not had that no. problem Doesn't at have a all. problem at all. And then he maybe pays the through, Maybe price. through football he... He fucking completely crushed his pineal, and it couldn't be stimulated. <laughs> He's got C- that CTE really takes away the pineal gland. He doesn't have any problems with that, dude. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to keep walking. I but have you no skipped time over the you skipped over like the first time we see Pretorius. After he, I skipped uh, over a bunch, but I was just trying to stay on the Bubba train, man. Well, I mean, the Bubba train ends pretty hilariously. I'm not gonna lie, like, yeah, Bubba's- I mean, the first the first time we see Pretorius is is one of the best set piece moments in the movie, right? Yeah, it's cool. So they man. turn on the resonator and they see Pretorius looking fully whole again. Right. But of course, because he's Pretorius, he has to be covered in this disgusting like sex gel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely so like fucking gross. Weird... He's just like disgusting chest hair. It's all greasy and shit. Yeah, it was like discount and they're talking day at the about, KY right? Jelly they're... Store. Yeah, exactly. It's so it's like what are you guys getting into over there from beyond? <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, they. this is where they had the line, right? Like the five senses just weren't enough anymore. Right. And so there's this sense of being greater. And, you know, Stuart or uh, Crawford just, you know, are, is that really you, Edward? And he walks up to touch him. And as he touches him, his fucking shoulders like clay. And it mutates. And he just starts fucking laughing, this hideous laugh, right? Right. Uh, that he's somewhat tricked and repulsed Crawford. It's it's a weird moment because the the whole Pretorius arc seems to be more and more and more and you know the people who behave that way to then turn around and be repulsive to others seems like such a weird reaction in the moment for him. Uh, it's really kind of a scary character intro. Yeah, he uh, he really finds this Pretorius really finds this like sweet spot of like Clive Barker creep along with like. This still like horror of becoming what he's, I don't know. It's a strange tightrope. He's walking the whole time, but I love when his foot, when that, I love the effect though, when he pulls his face off like that is, Oh God. Yeah. I fucking He's got like the tentacle splooge mouth. Yeah. Like this movie fucking ratchets up every time the resonator gets turned on, like the ratcheting up is awesome. Cause after that, so after that whole thing, they turn the resonator off, and then she has this weird little. Well, then they turn it, ba- then it comes back on, and that's when uh, he's like this weird sort of worm version of himself. And then in the basement, no, because this is the thing, right? So Catherine is kind of called back. They all take yeah. a nap right after this harrowing experience. Right. Catherine's called back. She turns it on by herself, and Pretorius appears as this kind of half melted version of himself. Right. And this is the, you know, Catherine has that great moment. It's like, what have you become? 
And Pretorius just replies, myself. Right. Right? He he has no qualms with fully giving himself over to his base nature, right? And this is where we get this kind of fucking rape scene that occurs. And it's so fucking vulgar. Yeah. Right? He's just kind of like licking her and he, he rips her fucking blouse open and is mm. fondling her. It's so fucking disgusting. And they have this shot where his fingers fucking elongate like pumpkin head fingers. I love like the creature effects in this her. episode. When the when his fingers oh, so, when his fingers get long and he starts feeling boobs, I'm like, oh God. This is just going to another it's so level, man. Gross. But yeah. this is why I think this movie's awesome on the body horror level, right? It's because it hits so many obviously Pretorius becoming this kind of I mean more evolved version of us, whatever you would want to say he is right he's obviously this kind of twisted monster right but so there's actual body horror of the kind of mutating of the body and later we see crawford's pineal come out as an antenna and some zombie stuff yeah all of that is fine but but this this moment with barbara crampton's a really great example of other kinds of body horror right just this in this moment where she's on this intellectual pursuit she she loses complete control over the safety of her own body right Right. And there's a lot of that. Right. This kind of horror of the mind. Right. I'm not smart enough or I can't do this. I need to see more. Um, You know, I need more sex. I need to be more successful. I wish I was Pretorius in that room. There's all of these right. kind of inadequacies and in fears the characters have that are a different version of horror that is later dealt upon their body. Right. Because while he's pumpkin heading her upstairs. We totally skip over the fact that Crawford runs downstairs and Bubba close on his tail in a red Speedo. And right. there's just a fucking Beetlejuice worm there's in the basement. There's a big fucking <laughs> sandworm fighting. in the basement that, like, swallows. <laughs> so it, like, swallows him whole. Because that's the other thing, too, is, like, I love the intercutting between the weird rapey worm thing that's going on with Praetorius and Barbara Barbara Crampton upstairs. And then the, the worm fight downstairs they cross cut like Barbara Crampton getting like swallowed whole by Praetorius along mm. with the big, that oh, giant... that's when he goes, I'm going to kiss you. Yeah. Oh, so gross. Uh, and it's like this fucking insect head eating. Barbara yeah. Crampton. Yeah. <laughs> oh. and, and then, so yeah, Bubba's just stabbing this thing with a knife. <laughs> Bubba's stabbing this thing with a butcher knife. I love you. Like we have the cut of him wa- running upstairs and grabbing a butcher knife out of the kitchen. I'm like, we just did this so we could show Bubba like running around in speedo some more. But so, and then he just fucking dives on it like a pure fucking American badass hero. Really, really incredible. And then Crawford gets basically Crawford gets turned into a giant human dick because like he gets sucked clean yeah. by that snake by that sand. Well, no, he fucking yeah. So when they pull the power cord eventually, right? The the worm and Pretorius disappear. Right? They're all dropped down. Now, this is kind of the weird moment where, yeah, Crawford comes out looking like powder. Oh, yeah. And uh, the doctor, Catherine, she has a seemingly very little outward trauma, right? Like, she's obviously traumatized. She falls to the ground and tries to cover herself up. Like, she's been through a horrific event. Right. Uh, But, yeah, Crawford's downstairs looking like fucking cold sore powder. (laughs) Just all fucking beat up. And I don't know why there's that difference. If this is some kind of visual cue as to what it is that's actually ailing them right but because i love crawford is dealing with this uh lack of masculinity is it right. maybe like oh because he's succumbing we'll turn him into a giant walking dick as you said <laughs> like but i, I don't love know, maybe. the scene preceding those that scene we were talking about where she gets all s&m because she like she goes into the fuck room where for some reason everyone's like 
well, we'll have Crawford recuperate in the fuck room while we all get ready to go. I'm like, why is that the room he's sleeping in? Like, put him in a regular bedroom. I did feel bad for Crawford. Yeah, and I was like, those silk sheets have seen such horrors. <laughs> those silk uh, you sheets. You turn have on seen the resonator, and the silk sheets are like, yeah, the silk sheets are like, ah, that's nothing. Should have been here last Wednesday. <laughs> So <laughs> and I was like, of course, there's like tiger, tiger blankets and right. oh, poor Crawford. So Crawford's yeah, sleeping so this in is there? the moment when, yeah, they. Does uh-huh. the resonator turn back on, though? Or does she just get the vibe? Yeah, because after after Catherine is attacked, right, she yanks all the cords out. Right. And they're going to go downstairs. And, and that's when, yeah, they put poor Crawford in the crusty silk sheet bed. <laughs> and Bubba's like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And as Bubba goes to pack, that's when she puts on all the, the S&M stuff. And she unleashes. The machine turns itself back on. And, right. and through uh, the laser bolts, <laughs> like, you know, force laser of the emperor pulls the power cords back in. Right. It turns on, right? So as she's she's essentially raping... Oh, no, Crawford. she full-blown does it. Like, she gets on top of him and literally reaches down and pulls his dick out. Like, we never see this, but you for sure know what's going on. And that's when Bubba runs. It was like, the fuck are you doing? I told you to get dressed. She goes, I am dressed. I'm like, all right. right. It's so- this full transformation, right? She has on one of Pretorius's costumes. Right. She's sexually assaulting the way Pretorius just did. And you know she's she's out as herself. She thinks, right? But I love so. There's like Catherine's thirty entire seconds. journey is this. There's like yeah, thirty seconds. Her whole worth. thing is this becoming Pretorius. It's it's very fucking strange and weird to add in her sexually assaulting right. him because I I honestly can't think of man, no. maybe any other horror movie ever where it, again it's like the, the main inverse, female though. character rapes one of the men characters oh no but i mean that's the inverse and it's interesting because i think you brought up a really good point with like this uh the body horror is not like the external the external interpretation of the body horror that happened in this movie are also really just a reflection of what it is happen what is happening to all of them mentally like i love in this movie like it's it's the theme I find in movies that I really like that are of this subgenre of horror is every movie like this that I really enjoy is about the flesh. Like everyone is interpreting the flesh a certain way. Like, I mean, granted Hellraiser's Hellraiser, but like from beyond also has a lot of the same notions and concepts of like what the flesh and looking beyond the flesh is like the fly. So when you see these kinds of uh, themes that are going through those kinds of movies, you realize like, what the idea behind body horror really ends up being is an exploration of self much more than it is just an exploration of grotesqueries and what we're willing to put up with ourselves. Like what it really is, is this exploration of personality and exploration of personal growth within the confines of horror. It's really fascinating. Right. Well, we always think of, you know, the flesh as, you know, our actual, like, you know, bodies and extremities, limbs. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the brain is just a big fucking lump of flesh, man. And everything that happens within that is part of it. Right. Like one of the great body horse shots in this, right? Obviously Pretorius melting apart and uh, same with Crawford. Those are kind of classic body horror moments. Right. But that scene alone in the, the crusty fuck room, right? So yeah. Crawford being sexually assaulted, that is body horror. That is a complete loss of control of your body. Right. Um, Through this thing, he, he lost his hair. He lost his... You know, a lot of his skin. So he lost his safety and then someone sexually assaulting him. And then when Barbara Crampton is held by, you know, Bubba up to the mirror, 
you see how repulsed she is. Yeah. As she looks like this kind of done up, sexualized, uh, you know, bombshell. She's fucking repulsed by what she sees in that mirror. Right. Because she's lost it. Because that's the thing. It doesn't always have to be grotesque. Right. It's grotesque in the eye of the beholder. Because that's not who the fuck she is. Right. And so she realizes in that moment that she is losing herself. And, and that's a big part of the body horror of this. And in that moment, the machine turns itself back on. The pineals are fully raging again. And uh, this is when we see the craziest fucking Pretorius yet, where he's kind of this on all fours beast. Love you know it. what I mean? Crawling I love it. around. It's so much fun. Like, yeah, it is weird. I, I don't under... Ugh. I, I don't fully understand how Bubba keeps control. That that is one of the great mysteries I, of the movie. But I, I guess lo- it, I guess it has to be the football head traumas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's always that. I think though, like, what's interesting to me is the characters in this movie. The ones who are susceptible are um, the ones who are susceptible are scientists. They're built to explore. What's interesting is. Bubba is a police officer. To me, police officers are meant to uphold order. They're meant to contain the abnormal. Like, that's really kind of what the service of a police officer is. So, to me, the two people who are exploring and, like, are about the exploration of self and the exploration of the world and the exploration of beyond, that those are the people that are willing and right. more susceptible. I think Bubba's not susceptible because... He spends his life defending people and not having to deal with any of those sorts of uh, desires. His desire is to get the fuck out of the house. I think you see. Yeah. Well, Bubba has simple pleasures, right? Like when he orgasms smelling his own food, he's like, oh, like these people (laughs) all talk about this. You know, I need to see more. I need to go beyond. And I think everyone in their physical relationships can relate to this. Right. There's this. You know, oh, I wish I could go deeper. I wish I could last longer. I wish I was bigger. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? There's all of these kind of, there's this weird, you know, symbiosis of two sexual partners where it's this kind of wish to combine into one flesh, right? Like it's never quite enough. I mean, that's And so I think that the physical element and the mental element is perfectly personified in these characters in Pretorius. And as they go upstairs, right, there's... These fucking hilarious Bubba trying to fight the resonator and being shocked by lightning bolts. <laughs> but this is the only time we see Bubba in a body horror moment where uh, the little fucking bees. Yeah. The from beyond bees eat Bubba alive. Uh, <laughs> Poor Bubba. I love Skeleton that. Bubba, though, is one of my favorite moments of the movie. Skeleton Bubba, I wrote down. I'm like, this is he gets the best death in the entire movie. Like he's literally he's still alive. And he like falls to the ground in his little skeleton hands. Like he looks like a. Did you ever watch that uh, show on Nickelodeon, the the like Welcome to Wienerville or something like that, where he it was like the guy. <laughs> so he's just sitting there, and he's like his little hands are just oh oh no my little hands oh. And then you're like, oh. there's this there's this fucking uh, Lars von Trier. It's kind of like a TV movie almost. The Kingdom Hospital. Yeah, yeah. And there's an example of that where this patient has a full-size head, but like a little skeletal body, and he gets happy, and his limbs are wiggling around. <laughs> the Bubba is the precursor <laughs> to that moment. Oh, man. Yeah, but, uh, he gets a good yeah, hero's so death. It's this great fucking set piece, right? Because this is the showdown, we think. So we see Bubba's skeleton, and then we cut over to Pretorius as this giant fucking dick monster. He actually unleashes like a Huge, dick that drops a dick, off. Yeah. <laughs> 
and crawls over to attack, right? So right, right. from beyond, Pretorius's dick is working just fine and overtime. <laughs> but this is where he also said he, he's baiting Crawford, too, to let it out, right? Right, yeah. This is the first time we see the breach of Crawford's pineal. Right. And Crawford is actually enamored, right? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Right. Well, uh, and I think that's one of the weird things of the movie, right? Is in these moments of abject, grotesque horror. Uh, these people see a lot of beauty, man. Like, they're not as repulsed and scared as we think they should be or we would be. No, I mean, I think that's the part of the... That's what I was talking about, though. Like, that's the exploration. Like, the beauty and the exploration and the thought of going beyond oneself. I think that's really... That's really sort of the key factor in any good body horror film or any good body horror body horror story is when you can see beyond yourself and you want to explore that, that's where things become beautiful or lovely. Like the idea of the flesh is simply an idea. It's a construct. Like that's where that kind of right. stuff comes from. And I think that's where when people say like that's beautiful or this is so, so-and-so is beautiful, like that's where, that's where things become a little more philosophical and a little more psychologically uh, horrifying is you're like, holy shit. Like this guy sees beyond just the construct of us being big flesh, fleshy blood bags. And now like he's on a whole nother level of crazy. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's the grass is always greener, right? Like this is something new. It's not me. It's different. It's so awesome. Right. Everyone in this movie seems again, except for the fucking peak human Bubba. Everyone else seems not very satisfied with where they are, man. Everybody. They all should be right. They're all super smart and, you know, in shape. Could all be doing fine in life, you know. Like right. they seem healthy and with it, uh, but they all just have this fucking yearning for something more. Right. And I think that's kind of the coolest part about this concept is the abject, disgusting breakdown of Pretorius and Crawford mixed with this concept of that could actually be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, everything about this movie's sort of uh, mo which again it it look it's an 80s sort of schlocky horror movie but it has a lot of really interesting notes of not just body horror but psychological trauma like what is it you know what is it about exploration that's so frightening well the fact that you could become something you didn't expect to become like you realize further on like crawford's Crawford sort of becomes this disciple of Praetorius after his like pineal gland breaches, you know, like he becomes like right. more in tune. So I think the idea is to me, like, I mean, cause the way that they make the pineal gland too, is it's like an extra dick coming out of your head. Like, yeah, there's something about that, that like, there's so much phallic imagery in this movie that I think is meant yeah, to for sure. like, it's hardcore, like dicks, dicks, dicks. Like they want you to note that, Oh, there's a lot of like, the male sex drive in this movie is what is the driving force of evil in the whole film. Like a man wanting to be explored beyond his flesh and bone components to a whole nother realm of what he ends up calling pleasure. But we would also call pain again. It's very in this like Hellraiser Clive Barker vibe. Like they borrow a lot of concepts, I think from the idea of the Cenobites and the puzzle box. But like, I love that exploration like that's a really fascinating this movie could be deemed just sort of a schlocky horror movie but those kinds of things is what keeps it a little bit above the fray i think like you're you're dealing with more psychological elements there right well there's a really cool moment right so they escape this encounter and it, it feels like that should be the end of the movie but there's actually this like whole other 
ending. Right, yeah. Right? So they end up back in the hospital. And Crawford is now back. Bubba's head has been eaten off, this and that. You know, they fight this monster. They escape. Crawford is essentially in a medical coma. He's right. at the hospital. He's deformed. Um, and she's now where Crawford started, right? But the doctor right. just fucking hates her and resents her in a way that she didn't with Crawford. Again. And immediately goes straight to, I'm going to give you electroshock therapy. Right. Right? I'm going to fucking take you away. There's this great moment, right? Because Catherine in this movie is exploitative and she is responsible for almost all of the bad things that we've seen in this movie. <laughs> she definitely right? is responsible for Bubba's death. Right. Her quest and her kind of junky reaction to this expansion of the pineal, right? And they have some close calls, but she wants to keep pushing it. Right. right? Even after what Pretorius did to her that first time, she still wants to test the boundary. She's still somewhat susceptible to it. Right. And so there's this moment in the hospital where as Crawford lays there as this kind of new organism laid bare, right? You can see it very clearly what's wrong with him. They even see the pineal like moving around in his face. Yeah, they try to pull it out. And she's, yeah, she's laying there exposed, right? Both of them for what they really are. There's more anger and rage at the woman character for embracing her inner nature than the man becoming the walking dick sexual predator. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just interesting, man. Like, I, I can't think of another character quite like Dr. Catherine from this movie. Oh, no. I mean, this goes to, I mean, again, like, we're seeing so much of this kind of TV. Like, I I've immediately thought of The Handmaid's Tale. Like, I was thinking, like, wow, so this guy's treat, being treated as this victim. Like, they're experimenting on him, make sure he's okay. This woman literally has been thrown in a psych ward and been like, you're getting electroshock therapy because you're way too sexual. Like, yeah. there's this really fascinating juxtaposition of logic that goes on and it's only because and again going back to my point like it's all because of the phallus like men are men <laughs> and they are the be they are the you know women are the fair sex men are the dominant dominant sex so you will do what the man says like that's the kind of shit that you're like fuck man like this is it's a story operating on multiple levels and like on its very base like forward thought it's this schlocky 80s horror film but on another level it's almost an in, like an indictment of the uh it's an indictment of masculinity toxic masculinity right. well the best movies give you exactly what you want from beyond is exactly what you want in the actual like horror and sci-fi right, genre right, stuff yeah. but it has this fun subtext because yeah you're right dr Catherine and crawford are an inverted um sexual casting for the time right Right. Crawford definitely is the more female type character from that era. And Dr. Catherine is this kind of masculine, take what she wants, you know, manipulative, this and that, which would be a traditionally kind of leading man thing. Right, right. right yeah. And and there's this this cool thing as we see them how they're treated in the hospital, because they they feel bad for Crawford in a way, he gets out and actually fucking is slurping brains through eyeballs. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, it's so explodes. gross. He becomes this fucking zombie of the flesh who just needs to eat more and more and more brains. Right. While they're about to shock her and take her fucking brain. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, though, because, yeah, we, we end up in Crawford, he's, even as he's become this monster, runs back to the house. Catherine runs back to the house, too, with the worst security ever. Somehow no one can figure this out. They get back to the house. Catherine inexplicably has acquired a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> which i like I she goes into the house and this is where crawford catches her 
And now Crawford is exposed as this kind of toxic male, as you said. Yeah. He throws her in the sex shackles and is essentially like, I'm going to give you the pineal too. Like, I'll make you exactly how I want. Right. And she fucking, oh my God, this is where Catherine fucking bites off the pineal. Oh, yes. And it's so gross because this is the thing, man. Crawford is now fully monstrous in this moment, right? Right, yeah. This is about to be the third person in the movie we've seen attempt a sexual assault. Oh, yeah. And Catherine fucking bites his, you know, phallic pineal off. Mm -hmm. But there's this kind of sadness of Crawford as victim having become the monster through this constant barrage (laughs) of bad shit that's happened to him right right it's somewhat out of his control right i think that it's one of those things that (laughs) it's a strange inversion like he keep jeffrey combs just embodies this like kind of weak man who at the same time is like man it's so strange like she she becomes this sexual deviant and then like realizes oh god that's not the way of that's not that's not how i should do this but then like she saves him when she totally shouldn't almost like she, th- I, it's funny. Cause like her biting the pineal gland off, you think that would be like, Oh dead. Like she's saving herself, but she almost saves him, which is kind of weird. Like it like brings him back to reality. That's like the strange thing to me is yeah. This movie sort of like takes us, it almost, it, it, it inverts the hero complex and also reverts it in some way. It's very strange. Well, it devolves from there, right? As she runs upstairs to face down with the resonator. We've just done this weird bat monster and a head biting off and all this. Right. She she runs upstairs. And this is one of my favorite shit, dude. This is where Pretorius is back. And this is where him and, uh, right? This is when him and Crawford start symbiote fighting from Venom, right? They're yeah. molding together right, into yeah. one flesh. This is a great moment where... The fucking fingers come out of Pretorius's mouth. Oh, I love that. And it's it's this weird like fight for which version of male is going to fucking right. <laughs> exist. It's such a fucking awesome, beautiful uh creature and makeup effect moment. It's so fucking disgusting and disturbing. Right. And again, this movie totally by the end of it, we have totally um subverted and deconstructed the holy concept of what the man body is it's so fucking repulsive it's just this fucking pile of goo fighting for dominance it's just this like mound of flesh trying to like fight itself it's absolutely like because well we spend time with like we have pretorius in the beginning we have pretorius in the middle and then the pretorius at the end is literally pretorius fighting against what he considers to be like what he considers to be the weaker man like that's really kind right. of the fascinating thing. It's like Pretorius's character is toxic masculinity incarnate, but inside is Crawford like trying to do the right thing by like <laughs> flesh punching him in the flesh. I don't even. Yeah, know. I mean Crawford has just been getting fucked this whole movie, <laughs> and this is the first time that he's penetrating someone else. He's like, I will have. <laughs> he's literally the victim of every person who has bad and horrible atten- intentions, right? Right. This is his first time of fighting back, right? It's it's this noble, chivalrous stand. Weirdly enough, and you know a bomb ends up going off, and they, you know, she jumps out of the window. She breaks both her legs, right? It's, like she totally. No, breaks. I don't think so. Really? Well, she would in real life, but well, she's no, fine, I thought right? The, I this thought is where the like neighbors come up. Something. Oh, maybe there. She's sitting at the end, but this is when right. the neighbor lady comes up and immediately assumes that this girl must have been some kind of victim. 
Yeah. And Barbara Crampton just has this fucking maniacal laugh. It's awesome. This evil fucking laugh. Like, she's all the way like she's gone, fucked. right? You can't tell. This is no laugh of joy. Like, I made it through. No. This is something. This woman is completely shattered by yeah. the end of this movie, it feels she's like. She's like. She's like the toxicity of sexuality incarnate. Like, that's kind of the thing I love is that, like, laugh is that, like, half. You've been listening to System of a Down? You love that toxicity. <laughs> That's a good word. Well, I've only used toxicity once, now twice. Um, but she like it's that awesome cry laugh thing that is just so terrifying because you have no idea what emotion to assign to it. Like that's the thing I love the most about, it, especially those kinds of scenes because you see it a couple times in horror movies. But Barbara Crampton has like the best one. Like that's probably the best like maniacal laugh cry I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, and it's one of those two. How do you? I mean, I don't know how you end a movie like that. Like, how does a character walk away from that? She's lost herself mentally, right? She knows there's more now. She knows there's much, much more, right? So it'll never right. be okay again. She's lost control of herself physically. She devolved into this sexual monster, this sexual predator. She lost a seemingly good and decent man that she could have had a shot for. She's now lost her career. I mean, this woman has lost everything. The The question the movie leaves me with at the end, right, which is how much of this actually do we blame on any character? Like, Pretorius is a straight-up creep, you know, at the start. He's got the weird fuck dungeon and whatever. You know, the always-ending-in-scream, crusty sheets. Barbara Crampton, we know, pushes the boundaries of science, but seemingly for a noble reason. Her Her dad, she lost her dad to schizophrenia, whatever. And, you know, Crawford and Bubba are pretty straight up dudes. They're good dudes. The The movie asks you this. Is this bad and evil something that is built into all of us humans, right? Is this a problem inherent to our flesh? Or is this just something that is a side effect of the machine? Oh, no. I think it's, I think it's definitely the first one. Like, that's what I think the movie is trying to say a lot of the time is it's not – it's not this machine and it's not these external forces that are causing us. It's the, the these external things are simply allowing us to be who we want to be. Like, that's what I think the movie is about a lot. And that's what I think the resonator really is. Like the resonators obviously on a science fiction level, like another dimension or whatever, but the resonator to me, like symbolically is this ability that we all have to be whoever we want to be. Like you can do whatever you want to do. You have free will. So the fact that you free willingly button yourself up and say, I'm a psychiatrist, like, or do you want to get down and put on a S&M outfit and try and seduce the naked, the naked human dick sin in the crusty sheets? Like that's <laughs> powder. <laughs> that's ultimately kind of to me what the idea of the movie is, is it's not about, it's not about science fiction or like, it's not about the beyondness of the of the flesh it's about what you're really capable of as a person yeah see i like that that note right of the resonator is almost placebo this this no <laughs> i think so. for us to behave our worst ways right and i think that's why you see someone like bubba he he doesn't have that bad extra thing you know right. he just kind of wants to be a good person seemingly he's the weird one they left something out you know what I mean? Like, it would make sense if he had something, but he's just this guy, man. He's just this good dude. Um, it's, it is strange, but they, they say something early on when 
uh, they turn on the resonator. There's this monster that ate Pretorius's head that uh, Crawford refers to a lot. And he always says, it's coming. What if the it is just us? That's the scary part about the resonator. You know, what if it's just this fucking Spencer's gift trinket <laughs> and the, the monster that's coming to consume us is ourselves. Oh, I think that's... And to me, that's that's the great, great thing that this movie presents us with. Well, yeah. Is the, the body horror not only of just melting and the alienness, you know, the the other people touching us, whatever, but this fucking... There's something wrong and missing in all of us. I and mean, it I, will never be enough. There's always so much more out there. By the end of the movie, Barbara Crampton knows what all the audience knows is how fucking small we all are. Well, I and think that's, that's fucking scary. Well, I think that's what it is. Like, remember in the beginning, like they his head's gone. So also I love that little headless chalk outline. That's really funny. But um <laughs> But you know, Pretorius's head's gone. <laughs> What I think that is, though, is like there it is right there. It's the proliferation of his like what the his beyondness is Pretorius discovers that you don't need the flesh to be what you want to be truly who you are. So what he does is he simply he leaves with what like his mind, his spirit, his body. Like He leaves his body behind his mind and spirit goes goes to goes beyond. And he comes back to prove that flesh is no difference. Flesh is no matter like you that's why like, I love that line. And he says, like, humans are such easy prey. He's right. Like, we are so caught up in the flesh. We're so caught up in the the oneness that we are within, our, like, within ourselves that, he, that we're not seeing beyond what's there. Like, the tangential is the tangential and, like, the feet, like, being able to actually the tactile feelings we have. That's what I think Pretorius is always is constantly, like, throughout the movie trying to pull them away from and that's what crawford is really screaming about crawford's talking about pretorius when he says it's coming he's like it's coming the pretorius that he knew is gone what's coming is like this id of this id of maniacal sexuality yeah and i think that's the that to me is the beauty right is that pretorius is just kind of this this mean spirited limp dick genius. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then from beyond, he, he so morphs and manifests these bigger, he finds virility personality traits to cover up for the, the shortcomings he had. Right. Right. Like, even as a genius, that's not enough. Uh, so now he has this weird mutated, inflated, puffed up constant tentacles and dicks everywhere. Right. Monstrous version of himself. And in a way that happens to every single character. Right. Oh, totally. And, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think this movie, it's so satisfying on just the horror and sci-fi creature effects and all that fun, you know, kind of schlocky stuff that we do. Right. But that's the subtext of these fucking characters. And they have a great cast in this and they all play great together. That that subtext of this, you know, the resonator opening up the the dormant third eye inside of ourselves right? right the way that we can actually see ourselves for what we fucking are that's that's fucking scary man that buried deep inside of all of our fucking flesh is this fucking pretorius style monster man and yeah beyond just the body horror of you know melting skin and the the fucking blob fight and the heads getting ripped off right there there's a real scary part of every human and that's what will we do to try to fill that void? You know, it's it's the I looked into the abyss and it looked back. The abyss exists in all of us. And this movie shows us that. And it's 
It is fucking scary. This movie is a resonator for things that we should all be very worried about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, if you want to boil it down to its baser elements, this movie really is about the importance of Viagra in American culture. <laughs> yeah, if he would have just been making blue pills instead yeah. of fucking shackles and, yeah. you know, a resonator. You can keep fine. your shackles. Don't spend time on the resonator. Pop two blue pills and go you go to fuck town, you might, man. You might need the shackles. Yeah. Like, do you Maybe think? let yourself be shackled every now and again, you fucking selfish bastard. <laughs> I, uh, but no, like this was not the movie I was expecting, and it was really, really awesome. Like a pleasant surprise. It's just so fucking entertaining on multiple dimensions it entertains. Yeah. Uh, that's it, guys. That's From Beyond. Share it with a friend. Uh, see what their pineal holds for you. What's their dark pineal <laughs> secret? <laughs> Uh, maybe they have a room you've never seen. Don't watch it at their house then. But yeah, share the movie with them and then share the show, guys. That's how we'll get more Alchemist in. Uh, rate and review if you can. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, please share us with your friends on that feed. The more people we find, the more uh, interesting movie suggestions and conversations we can have with you guys. Um, that's it, man. Next up, The Fly. Body Horror Month is barreling on. Woo! We still have a lot of good horror movies coming to you um, all month. This is going to be jam-packed full of scary, awesome movies. Uh, so stick with us, guys. Thanks for everything. Bye.